Hello, everyone. I am Mark L. Vincent. I am the director of the Convene Consulting Network, and I am joined today by my doppelganger, Harris Wheeler. Harris, I sure enjoy our friendship and the times that we get to spend together. And among the Convene community, you are known uh, as a person who has really done a lot with next generation business leaders, those folks who are figuring it out growing in their leadership, trying to get some things done. And I'm looking forward to talking with you today about that. So I just want to welcome you to this conversation. Thanks, Mark. It's always good to be together with a fellow cheesehead from Wisconsin. <laughs> and uh, Maybe if the Packers slip into this discussion, that'll be interesting too. Yeah, that would be. We're not wearing the right colors for that since we're wearing the, the convene black and red. But uh, I, I'd like to just get into this conversation. I mean, there's so much we could talk about, about your business career, the length of time that you served, convene team members so well in Montgomery, Alabama area. And I said the wrong city, didn't I? It's Birmingham. Birmingham, yeah. Birmingham. I apologize for that. But in, in Alabama, and its environs, certainly. So, uh, but I, I, I just want to start there because you have had a knack for gathering people and sourcing people who are new in executive leadership and there's expectations on them to perform. Uh, and maybe they're an entrepreneur who is getting started and they're starting to scale and starting to grow that. And because of the time that you've given to this, uh, I'd like it if you could maybe identify what remains the same for business leaders that need to develop in themselves? And then what has changed over time? I'm, I'm just guessing that there's some stuff that no matter who you are, no matter what you're doing, these things need to be there and that there are some dynamics that may have changed. So could you just walk us through that? Sure, I think first of all, the, thing that, the things that stay the same are consistent and it's not just the same for one group or one age, it, it's pretty much throughout. And, and that's simply, um, is developing ourselves as steward leaders. Uh, are we utilizing the skill set and the talents and the abilities and the knowledge and the wisdom that that God has given us uh, to the best of our abilities? Um, I do believe that uh, we're wired, we're, we're called to fulfill that obligation. So um, with what God has given us, are we using that to the best of our abilities for kingdom building purposes, not, not for our purposes, but for God's kingdom building purposes. And I, I would just mention too, as I think about this, uh, I'm, I'm really honored to be on with you. Um, and what I'm focused on in, in Convene has not so much been my plan, but it's been God's plan. Uh, I did launch initially with a, a Convene group uh, but then God started bringing different groups of people across my path, and some, somewhat confusingly, I'm wondering, God, what are you doing here? And just in paying attention to that, so I, I did start a Genesis group, which is smaller and younger companies, and then also, after that, a key leaders group. So for me, it's been exciting just to see what God is doing and bringing across my path and then trying to align my skill set with that. But first and foremost is, are we being good stewards of, of what he's given us? Um, what's changed, and boy, it, it's really changed in the last six months. Um, uh, my, I'm a strategic thinker, strategic planner, and typically every year I have a year's worth of content planned out, ready to go, and boy, came this March and April, all that went out the window. <clears throat> every day is brand new. Uh, I liken it to um, maybe you're a baseball player, 
And you get up every morning thinking, okay, I'm going to the baseball park and I'm going to play baseball today. But what's happening now is every day I get up, one day I'm planning on baseball, but suddenly I'm standing on a football field. Um, and then the day after that, I'm on a golf course. And so it took me about a month to get my hands around the fact that I had to embrace the fact that every day was going to be new and different. And so I faced it optimistically. I faced it actually being excited about, okay, God, what do you have for me today? Where are we playing? What do I bring my, my baseball bat and glove or am I bringing my golf clubs? Um, and so it's actually been pretty fun, but I've had to ask my members permission to go off of the strategic plan that um, I may tell them on a Thursday that next Tuesday, the piece of content is X, Y, Z. And then on Monday, God changes that. And it all goes out the window and we start over again. Um, so it's been interesting times, fun times, exciting times, and also I think at times perplexing. Yeah, the, the shift to being able to shift, right. to modulate, to turn around, to pivot, uh, and the capacity to do that that you've built up over time that, or that a business builds up over time has become a, a critical skill uh, to, to have and, and something that leaders need to, to be able to do. Um, because those are the ones that seem to be coming through on the other side of this. And, and in our workspace, Mark, is Christians in the marketplace um, is to allow God to guide and lead that. I've had instances where I literally on a Monday morning, God would give me a video, a speaker, an article, or something that I was supposed to present the very next day. Hmm. And so a few things went out and a few new things came in. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> And the exciting thing is I get to see God at work probably more now today than, than I have. So. Mm -hmm. Well, so you're describing something in yourself about being open, uh, being able to see what's happening more in the moment and being able to draw on a variety of resources that you know might be available and to kind of ratchet it in at the right time, the right moment, not just because you have a competence, but because you're, you're open and you're listening uh, as you do that. Um, so that would be one of the things that we might end up cataloging is one of those leadership skills that needs to be in place. And I, I, I would like you to talk about uh, the development of that kind of talent, other talents that we might list. So when a company owner has someone they're trying to bring up as a new and strong executive leader, maybe they're in the company and they're raising them up. Maybe they're looking for something they don't have and they're going to have to identify someone from outside that they're going to bring in and they've got to bring up their leadership quotient in some way. What advice do you give to those company owners that have to source and develop that talent? I would say look for people that number one are learners. They're curious. They're always asking questions. They want to know what's going on around them and why, uh, especially those in the Christian marketplaces, those with a faith, seeking God's will in their lives, asking the questions, am I stewarding what God has given me? I mean, even, even young people say coming out of college uh, and fresh in the marketplace is um, they would recognize that uh, they need to seek, they need to find, they need to keep their senses open. I think one of the uh, metaphors I use also is it's a little bit like uh, 
being in the Navy and you've got your radar and your sonar going all the time, you're constantly pinging things out and it's bouncing off different things and, and you're learning from that and maybe it bounces off and you realize that I don't need to go there, that's the enemy over there. But, but over here is my, my, my sonar is telling me something different. So um, it's really being open to new thoughts and ideas. And granted, some people are more wired to that than others. I think people that are maybe quick starts on the uh, Colby are more aligned with that, that kind of thinking. But I would challenge everybody um, to continually think outside the box hmm. um, or embrace something. Another thing I'd like to say, I heard a speaker the other day that said, we learn more and we grow more outside of our comfort zone. And I've always believed that God wants us always to be a little bit uncomfortable. I mean, he wants us to live the abundant life and to live in joy but I think part of that is always having a little a burr in the saddle. Mm -hmm. You're always a, paying attention, being a little sharper. Your senses are sharper. You're paying attention. You're, you're, you're watching. You're not missing things. Um, so I, I think that's a, a, a key thing, if, if you would. Okay. So then, if you don't mind, I'd like to flip it around. And now we're talking not to the company owner, but to someone who really aspires to lead and to lead well. Hmm. And they're, they're getting started with their life experiences, career experiences. What is in their power to do to grow their leadership quotient, to grow their credibility in the eyes of, of others, let's say? Well, I would say first and foremost, especially if they're people of faith, is to draw close to God. Um, when I was seeking, moving from my career to my calling, um, gosh, 11 years ago, um, there were two scriptures that came along, uh, uh, first Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13. I know the plans I have for you, plans to, to uh, prosper you and, and to give you a future, to give you hope in a future, plans not to harm you. And when you seek me and pray uh, to me with your whole heart, you'll find me. So I kind of embraced the fact that um, uh, God, I knew God had a plan for me and I needed to find that. So I needed again, be curious, but be in the word and be praying and be seeking. And then I think like that in the New Testament, Ephesians 2.10, we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which have already been planned for us. So I'm a big um, believer in the fact that God created us in his image. He loves us, wants a deep, intimate relationship with us. And by golly, he's got a plan for us, <laughs> for every one of us. And I, I don't care if you're a, a janitor or you're a rocket scientist, uh, God has a plan for us. And when we can find that plan or... I think what Simon Sinek calls the why, um, I mean, that's when, um, that's when our world just becomes so vibrant, so colorful, um, so exciting, if you will. And, and I found it, and, and by the way, I'm a slow learner. It took me 58 years to get there, okay? So mm -hmm. I was in a slow class, um, mm -hmm. but when I finally did, it's, it's my, my career, my calling, uh, what I'm doing today, I'm passionate about because I know it's a sweet spot. God has me right where he wants me. Oh, that's great. So let's get deliberate about this now. And a, well, let's say it's an ownership group that's invited you in or a board. Uh, maybe it's just, you're just sitting down with a CEO and, and they're, they're talking this through and they really need to get deliberate about developing a class of leaders They've got to build them up. They've got to retain them or they're not going to 
going to succeed because if there's churn, you know, there's such a loss of institutional knowledge and you end up starting over and you languish and they, they want to identify them, they want to build them up, they want to retain them. Uh, as you talk with them about the elements of a plan like that, what would you end up discussing? What, what are some of those elements that would just have to be there? Well, I would start out big picture and high level. I don't want to talk about tips and tricks and tactics mm -hmm. right now. I'd like to talk about a mindset. Uh, and I'll give you a story that, that applied for me. In um, 1987, I moved from Dallas to Birmingham. I was 36. And I had a person here in Birmingham reach out to me and offer to put me in business. And so he was my partner for 15 years until I, I bought him out. Um, but what, and, and we were in the advertising business, automotive advertising. That's what he was good at, what I was good at. And uh, he, he started the business, but gosh, some 20, 20 years later when he passed away and at his funeral, all of these advertising people in Birmingham and, and Northern Alabama were there. There's some very successful people, great businesses. And I looked around at everybody and I said, look, uh, Billy, his name is Billy Martin. I said, Billy, Billy was not an ad guy. I said, Billy was a farmer. And everybody looked at me like I was nuts. And I said, well, what are you talking about? Billy was an ad guy. I said, no, 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 no. He was a good ad guy, but he was a farmer. And they said, well, what was he growing? And I said, he grew people. He was cultivating leaders. He was pouring into people. And today, truth be told, so the agency he started in the mid 70s today is the largest advertising agency in the state of Alabama. 200 employees, they work all over the country. Do you know the second agency on that list started because of someone that worked for him hmm. and he grew them? And if you go down the top 20, 25 list, there's several others there of people that he wow. grew um, and he poured into. So we cultivate people. I would say if we're going to grow people, first of all, um, so, so we, we find those people and we plan them. We just pour into them. What, what we serve them. We're stewards uh, of them. And by the way, we have to be non-protective of them. In other words, I would rather hire someone and grow them up and they spend 10 years with me, but then they go out and they do something even bigger and better than I've been doing. And if I can grow those people and I'm not worried about trying to keep them, I'm trying to do what I can for them to succeed and be the best that they can be. My, my business will be successful. Harris, it's really interesting because you're putting this in character formation and uh, values you're, you're not um, intentionally going to, here's a methodology, here's a set of, of steps. Why is that? Well, I think I've been shown and I've been learned by, learned through experience that uh, we, God made us to pour into each other, you know, love your neighbor as yourself, uh, serve others, look at Christ. We're, he, he poured into his disciples for, for three years and he was teaching them and he's training them. And, um, but the last, the last thing he did for them was in that upper room when he took off his robe and he put on a towel and he washed their feet. And then he said, go and do likewise. So um, a steward leader, and I love what Scott Rodan talks about it. A steward leader is a leader of absolutely no reputation. It's not about us. 
It's about building into others. And, and there's scripture, I think, in Philippians that talks about Jesus was a man of no reputation. He, he wasn't seeking that. Um, now, if you're successful at that, you will build a reputation, but you're not looking for a reputation. And you're not living on that reputation. Uh, it's about other people. And to me, the joy is, I'll give you one quick example in my ad agency. I hired a young gal out of Auburn University. She was a graphic artist and she was really good and it was her first job and she came in and, and I recognized pretty quickly that um, she was above what I was gonna be able to give her down the road as a job. We were doing car ads and I told her about the second year, I said, Robin, you are a great artist and you're doing great work for us, but someday you're gonna wanna spread your wings and fly that, that my business is too small for you. And I said, when you're ready to do that, you tell me, I wanna help you do that. Well, she became my art, my art director uh, after a couple of years. And she was with me about five or six years. And then she said, she came in my office, she said, I'm ready to fly. And I said, great, what do I need to do to help you? She said, I'm applying for this job. And I said, I'm, I'm all over it. <laughs> and today, and she's been doing that now 25 years, she is the creative director for the the glossiest, fanciest magazine in, in North Central Alabama. And every so often I pick it up and I go to the masthead and I see creative director Robin Coulter and I just go, way to go, Robin. Mm -hmm. so, but that time she spent with me, she really helped me grow. Mm -hmm. um, and you helped her grow. Or, absolutely. And, and the experiences did. That's, that's a great example. That, that puts uh, something real on the idea of hey pour into people i mean that it's, it's an illustration and it's good to have that uh, harris you've already demonstrated in this conversation the way that you have grown in faith and the way you live a deep faith so i'm just going to guess that there are some examples in scripture of leadership development that you draw on, that you'd say, you know, that's, I think of that story, or I think of these people. So what are some of those stories that you have a particular fondness for and why? Well, I'm, I'm just gonna use a, uh, one key one, that's John 10, 10. And okay. I'm sure everybody's familiar. It's about the thief comes in the night to steal and kill and destroy. But, but I have come that you might have life and have it abundantly. Um, the sad thing for me, Mark, is I see so many people in the marketplace, and especially Christians in the marketplace, leading successful companies, uh, doing good things, but they're, they're still not achieving what I would call an abundant life. Their work-life balance is upside down, uh, they're workaholics, or they're not paying attention to their families, and, and I don't think that's what the abundant life looks like. So. I'm always asking myself the question, am I leading and living an abundant life? And am I helping others lead and live an abundant life? And I think it's different for everybody. It's not a pat answer that, oh, you have to spend uh, uh, X number of time here or there or whatever. But, but that, that abundant life to me is you are, you've drawn cl close to God. You have a deep, that deep personal intimate relationship. You hear from God. Um, you're obedient to God uh, in moving forward. Um, and that's my challenge is to help people find that abundant life. Because when you do that, that's again, is that sweet spot. Uh, maybe also there's scripture that God laid on my heart in my prayer life five or so years ago. 
I thought he was simplifying my prayer life when he just, he said, he said, Harris, I just want you to be available and obedient. And, and it first went to Isaiah 6, 8, here I am, send me. Hmm. Isaiah was saying, when he said, here I am, he was saying, I'm available. It's like the guy on the bench. I'm, I'm ready, coach, put me in the game. And then when you say you're obedient, you're saying yes when the coach says go into the game. But, but here's what I found. The, the more I prayed that, God, help me be available and help me be obedient, it's just gotten bigger and harder because <laughs> then he added to that. He said, oh, by the way, I don't know whether you've thought about this, but, but uh, available starts with A. It's the alpha and obedience, the O, the omega. That's the beginning and the end. And I'm just thinking, this is, it sounds simple, but it's really hard. Mm -hmm. um, and that's my challenge is, is can I be available? And can I be obedient? And uh, like, uh, I'm just getting back into facilitating Henry Blackaby's course in Experiencing God and, and all the stories in the Bible, when God comes and he asks you to do something, you may be available, but it's so much bigger than you. You have that crisis of belief and you say, are you sure, God? Are you sure it's me? It, I don't think it's me. I think it's Mark. I think you need to be talking to yeah. Mark. Okay. <laughs> Point the other direction. Right? Yeah, go, yeah, go that way. Um, so, the, but, but to me, that's, that's fun and those challenges, I, it, it's, um, so I, I think that's, those are two key scriptures for me that I go to. Well, I was pretty sure that if I asked you for some and you told me, well, I've got just one that you at least give me two. That's how this works. Uh, it's the part of the richness of your soul. And I'm glad that you spent the time with me here to really point to what it means to develop newer and younger leaders in your wake. Uh, so Harris, thank you for this conversation. And uh, I wanna say, uh, God bless you as, you as you move on from here. Thank you, Mark. I am so blessed that, what was it, six or eight years ago, God saw fit to cross our paths through Convene. And I have been uh, honored uh, and rewarded to be your friend. Well, and, thank you. Uh, thank you. This has been fun. Thanks. Good. We're going to put Harris's contact information up on the screen as we end. Uh, Harris would enjoy a conversation with you if you are really trying to get your mind and heart around your approach to develop younger leaders. Uh, I don't know of anybody who does it better. So farewell for now. Bye-bye. Thanks, Mark.